0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.
1: If you are a content creator and you want a great program that provides studio quality sound, especially when you're doing interviews, then I encourage you to check out ZenCaster. That's right, Z E N C A S T R. It is my absolute favorite program to record with. I encourage everyone to check it out. Okay? Visit ZenCaster.com for more information. Enjoy.
0: Look at what we have here, folks! To the only show that matters. The Queen of the crop. Duke Loves Wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of
1: bubblegum. Welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. Ladies and gentlemen, next week, okay, the next episode after this one will be the six-year anniversary of the Duke of Wrestling Podcast. That is going to be episode 312. And, you know, I've, I've done more than 312 episodes, but I've done a few specials. So in terms of the official count and also the, the timeline, you know, when that episode will air, which would be right after WrestleMania. Um, It's in line with six years. So it's going to be pretty exciting, and I want to thank everyone, once again, who's ever contributed to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, whether you were just a listener, whether you're somebody who shared information, discussed it, whether you were guests, thank you out there. So stay tuned, because that's going to be a fun celebration. So with that said, this episode, this week here, is the final episode Of year five, and you know, year five absolutely has been the most successful year of this podcast and of this brand. And it's funny because it's not as if I've interviewed more wrestlers in year five than I have any other year. In fact, I think this is the least amount of of, uh, actual wrestlers that have been on the show of all of the the time period of Duke Loves Wrestling. What I have done is I've increased the amount of commentary from experts and and fans and just people who legitimately like to have great conversation. And certainly our two special guests this week are two of the most popular uh, guests, not only for year five, but really the the life of Duke Loves Wrestling. I mean, I I can't go a week without somebody bringing up either one of these guys or both of these guys, and and that's a a testament to how uh, great communicators they are and also how entertaining they are with how they make their points so this is going to be exciting to have both of these guys on at the same time and just kind of freestyle here and have great conversation so without further ado welcome back to the duke Loves wrestling podcast first of all we have the man who is new england born okay a man who is a moneymaker he is a hip shaker and if you feed him a couple of beers he'll start singing Anita Baker we are talking about the one the only mr danny G what's going on there danny G um how am I gonna follow up that my friend what 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 an introduction thanks man it's a pleasure to be back listen man i I had to make sure I step it up because you're getting so popular on this show that I can't give you a regular introduction okay I had to I had to work on that one Oh uh, come on, you 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 know you, you're going to give me a
2: big head, Duke. Come on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate so- it, man. Always good to be back. Always good. Uh, always good to be on with uh, you know with yourself. And then you know I'm a big admirer of um of Mister Rob the Genius over here because he's uh, uh I'll tell you what. Uh, both times I've listened to him since I've been listening to the podcast, I've learned I've learned a hell of a lot about about what goes on with T V ratings and and stuff. And he he puts everything in perspective and it's honestly helped me look at things a little
1: bit differently. Well, you you just bury the lead, Danny G. Okay. I didn't even I didn't even give the guy his intro yet, and you're already mentioning his name.
2: Okay? That's all right. Just give me the show, dude. Just give me the show, I'll take it over. <laughs>
1: you know what I'm saying I might as well just let you do it because you just you just took it from me there daddy I'm telling you daddy G's take it over baby all right well like like we said okay our other guest here the man who's rounding out this uh this three-man crew this week let me tell you something he is a mathematician okay the ladies call him special delight especially on Saturday night all right I want you all (laughs) to shut your face and open your ears believe this we are talking about the one the only mr rob the genius
0: what's up there rob hey man good to be back and thank you for that 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 excellent introduction
1: listen man you you might have to take me on the road with you rob so anywhere you go i'm just going to announce that you're about to enter the room and i'll do one of those for you (laughs) (laughs) so so listen fellas you you both again you know the the listeners of duke loves wrestling they love when you guys have been on the show um danny you you represent the fans you know you represent those of us who grew up watching wrestling and know what we're talking about in terms of we understand the history and you know who have a take that is it is something worth listening to a lot of these kids today everything is all about you know, if you if you disagree with them, then it's like you're attacking them personally, which is just ridiculous. Um, so it's refreshing to listen to an adult
0: <laughs> give
1: honest and straight shooting opinion on on what he sees there. So you know, my my hat off to you, Danny, because that's what you deliver, and, and it's fantastic. And then Rob, you being a mathematician, you're able to bring this layer of credibility in terms of the facts. It's you can't question what the facts are, because they're the facts. That's the point there. So you're letting us know where we may be mistaken, and you're also letting us know where we're spot on. So solid stuff there from you there, Rob. And in fact, we're going to start off this way. This this is going to be the 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 way we're going to handle this one here. Rob, I'm going to have you state a fact and how you arrived at the conclusion that you've arrived at. And then I'm going to stop you and have Danny react to some of the things that you're saying, and Danny, just you're just going to give us perspective as a as an everyday fan, as somebody who understands the history, and you know, hearing Rob deliver the facts, you know, what does that make you think of? You know, how to, what's your take on that? So let's do a little let's do a little back and forth to start off that way. And Rob, I know you got your notes ready there, so so hit us with it, man. Where are you at right now with your analysis? What's the first thing you want to throw on the table for us?
0: All righty. So um, cause the first time I came on with you, we were talking about women's wrestling and the uh, kind of allocation of matches and time and whatnot across TV. Tallied all that up for last year. And so I, since I had my little system and methodology in place, I just figured I'd just keep going for 2022 and see if things are getting better, if they're getting worse, you know, and all that type of thing. So I guess the first thing I would throw out there uh, is, again, there is a, I would say, inconsistent at best allocation of time for women's wrestling on TV. You count up how many matches there are every week on, in I mean, across the five shows that get the most run as far as on you know top talk, people talking about on social media Raw SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite and um, Impact.
1: We called out AEW the last time and, and and the time before that for the fact that although they may have long match times here and there, for the most part they've featured the least amount of women's wrestling on their show, um, especially considering the fact that they're only giving us one match per TV episode per week. So has any of that changed? And from a general standpoint, AEW specifically – What are you noticing in terms of trends for 2022? And then Danny G, I want you to come in after Rob makes his point and just give us an immediate off-the-top-of-the-head reaction to what he's saying about that, please.
0: All right, well, they're pretty much doing the same thing. Uh, You get one match a week, whether it's on – you get one match a week on Dynamite. There have been a couple of times where they had two matches. Uh, But but they've they've had two matches – Twice this year, by my count, and I always say by my count because look, I'm counting, I'm reading stuff, and I'm counting up as I go along. Human error is real, you know. So, but and I, but I always go back and check my work. But I always say by my count. So by just by what I've counted up, you know, they've had two matches twice this year so far on Dynamite, and one of them was a mixed tag match. By the way, it was you know Adam Cole and Britt Baker against a. Chris Statlander and I'm not sure who it was, maybe Orange Cassidy, maybe I don't know. But uh, basically, with Dynamite, you get one match a week. That's what you get, and no matter how the rest of the show goes, you get your one women's match. And the thing that I was kind of suspecting would happen has happened is when they if they do something with the TBS title, then then they don't have a match that centers around the the other women, you know, what they call it, the World Women's Championship now. And it's one of those things, like, look, when you add an extra feature to, like, the women's division, the question is always, okay, is this going to be, are we going to get more material every week? Or is this new thing going to replace the other thing instead?
1: So, Danny G, what what, what do you think about that? When you hear the fact that, Since Rob has been making his appearances and and really tracking this data, here we are in in 2022 as its own year, separate from everything else. We're looking at its own year here and saying, okay, you you had a few months now. Let's see if, if we're moving in the right direction. The data is suggesting that nothing really is changing. They're still getting one women's match per week in AEW. They're still not really expanding upon what they could So clearly they're not even trying to treat women equally. I would say it
2: comes down to a couple of things, Duke. Uh, Talent and focus. When it comes to women's wrestling, um, I I don't think it'll ever be, and I think I said this the first time we had talked, I don't think it'll ever be a one-for-one situation. It's just I don't think that's what the general public and the average fan really wants to see. What... I think in AEW's case is, like I said, talent and focus. I love to watch women's wrestling, but I like to watch good women's wrestling. AEW doesn't have good women's wrestling, and that's due to the fact that they haven't put the time and effort into it. They put a lot into Britt Baker. Britt Baker is a good character. I enjoy Britt Baker's character, but she's terrible in the ring they've put a lot into behind jade cargill jade cargill has a really good look jade cargill has no business being on national television wrestling every week because she's not good you know they've made a huge impact bringing in all these game changers all these big you know names that got released from wwe you know guys you know have defected from wwe and not resigned and gone there you know like moxley and daniel bryan they haven't done that with the women nor made the attempt. And I say that, I mean, because a lot of people made a big deal about, you know, Ruby Soho making her debut there. I told you from day one that wasn't going to do anything. And where is she now? She's on AEW Dark if she's on anything at all. Right? You got a, you got a woman like Tony Storm out there right now. If Tony Khan were smart, he goes after her with everything he has. And he offers her a good contract comparable to what? You know, a top men star. And she could help take that division somewhere. Um, Thunder Rosa is a good champion. I think I think she's a good representation of what they could do. Um, but at the same time, you don't know what the draw she's going to be. Um, this is her first, you know, you, you know her and you know what she's capable of Duke, but a lot of people don't. And so if they can market her in the right way and if they can keep doing shows in you know, they're doing a lot of shows in Texas with her and they're promoting her well in Texas. That's excellent. That brings eyes onto her. She's a type of person that could carry the division to the next level. But is he going to let her do that? And that's the thing. We both know Tony Khan is more concerned about weekly surprises, um, signing someone who thinks they were wrongly let go from WWE, someone who he thinks is going to fill an arena, than he is about actually developing his talent. And I know that some of the performers like, you know, Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho and, and and Omega, they're trying to work with people and stuff. But that only goes so far. Those guys have lives. You know, Daniel Bryan wants to go home and see and see his beautiful wife and his kids. You know, he doesn't want to spend his off time training, training wrestlers all the time. Um, so they just don't they don't have focus. You know, it, it, it's a toy for Tony Khan. They don't focus on that part of the women's of the women's division. They just don't. And truthfully, I don't, I don't think they're ever going to. As much as he wants to, I don't think that they're going to do that.
1: That's a hell of a take there, Danny G, and I don't disagree with you one bit. I think that um, it all comes down to, as Tony Khan told me personally, he's the guy who books the shows. He's the guy who's in charge of all this stuff. So... If he's not going to put emphasis on something, then it's not going to get over the way that it could if he actually treated it like it matters. So, And that's absolutely the the case with the women. It's just embarrassing the way that AEW has gone about the way that they feature them. Uh, Rob, step outside of your your, uh, analytics and, and as a mathematician for a second, and just as a fan, what's your take on the fact that they have not improved? since the last time you were on the show, and even the first time you were on the show, discussing AEW in general. What's your take on them not actually making the strides that they could have made? There's nothing really preventing them from doing it other than the fact that Tony clearly just doesn't want to do it. What's your take on that, Rob?
0: Well, I think um, that sounds about right. Uh, Now, now another, I have not – I don't watch a lot of AEW. I watch some clips here and there, so – I'm not qualified to comment on who is and who isn't a good women's wrestler there now, but I will say with Ruby, um, her situation there parallels her, what happened with her WWE, at least it has so far that when, when she got to the main roster, uh, because when she got to AEW, you know, she quickly got a title match with Brit and that match came and went and, just kind of in the middle since then. And now she's doing the YouTube show. Uh, When she debuted on the main roster in WWE, it was around December of 2017, or it was either late November or early December of 2017, uh, when she debuted on the main roster in WWE. Uh, February 2018, uh, she had a pay-per-view title shot against Charlotte Flair, uh, did not win. And then after that, wasn't a whole lot going on. Um, I mean, she had, I think, her and the, her fellow Riot Squad members. They, you know, they were well they got they got turned into to basically into to job fodder for you know Ronda Rousey and some some other ladies. You know, as twenty eighteen progressed, and then you know, fortunately she had you know she had some injuries <coughs> that put her on the shelf in twenty nineteen you know, twenty nineteen. So she has, I mean, she had injury problems that derailed everything. But right now, if you're looking at her main roster WWE career and her AEW career, there are a lot of parallels, and so we will see, you know, how it goes over the long term AEW, of course. And as far as like the the signing, you know, some of these women, yeah. Um, so right now, I think from what I saw on Twitter, Tony Storm is officially free in a couple of days, I think. But um, you know, Tegan Knox. Is free Mia Yim is free Ember Moon is free, uh, you know. And now he's said he's going. It's a a woman who was released from WWE will be debuting on Wednesday. So we will see who that is. (laughs)
1: Well, who's who's he going to get rid of now? If he's bringing in more women just to sit around and not actually be featured on TV, I mean, at some point you're going to have to get rid of somebody because you got a whole roster full of women who are just not utilized. You know what I mean? Where the hell is Penelope Ford? Uh, Ali, a.k.a. The Bunny, I, I haven't seen a good match from her in AEW yet. You know what I mean? And, and she's actually one of the few people who has been featured multiple times on TV. But for the most part, these women are just sitting around. There's there's nothing. There's nothing going on. So how the hell are they signing more women when they're not even featuring the ones they have?
0: When when AEW first started, they had they signed a bunch of people who, you know, Jim Cornette would basically refer to as mud show wrestlers, right? <laughs> who have no business being on television, basically. Um, now they're three years in and they have now there are better people available and they are letting people leave. So I imagine he's gonna sign one of those four women I mentioned, whether it's Tegan or Tony or Ember or Mia Yim. Uh, I guess I'd put the safe money on Mia Yim because since her husband's already there. That's it's you know, a pretty easy signing, but it may not be. Well, so just a, the real question is just okay when you get some better women in. Like you said, are they going to get on TV? They- I,
1: I, oh, I have are- no faith in that in in him featuring more women's wrestling because it's not like he can't do it now. So the fact that he's not even doing it now, I have no faith that it's going to happen, and that's what's disappointing uh, with them. Now, I don't want to make this out to just be an AEW straighten out session we know that they're the bottom of the barrel when it comes to featuring women's wrestling so i just want to get that out of the way but let's 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 take a step up now let's go to impact wrestling for a second because i'm curious about this impact's ratings have s- slowly started to creep back up again it's not perfect i mean i get more listeners on Duke Loves wrestling than they do viewers which is just tremendous when you think about it um but they're starting to creep back up The stink of AEW burying them on their own television show for literally the better part of a year is starting to wear off. People are starting to forget that that even happened, which thank goodness for that, because that really buried that company. Um, What are you seeing in terms of the women, Rob, in the data? So let us know how Impact has been doing overall in 2022. And then Danny G, jump in and, and let us know your take on that, just on the, your reaction to the data here that Rob is providing. So hit us, Rob. What's what's up with Impact Wrestling?
0: They're doing better. Um, if, I, if I had to pick, like, most improved, it would be them uh, because like, they're on pace to have a lot more matches by the end of this year than they did by the end of last year. Uh, they've already had they've had some main events already. Uh, women main events already they had like by my final count for last year they had two Went for the whole year women's matches main event uh they've already had that this year so they're doing better they're having more ma- they're having more matches uh, they've gotten more women on the show and yes yeah, so they're, they're definitely most improved now there is one thing i think you well one thing you can definitely attribute that to is uh Mickey James is there now somebody with some name value and who can still go in the ring. And he was a veteran. So having her there has definitely helped on that front. Uh, They, Mickey and Deanna Perrazzo main evented a pay-per-view earlier this year for them. And they've, they've had that before, but you know, doing it, they came out of the gate in January uh, with that one and had them main event a pay-per-view. Now, of course, some of that was helped, I'm, I'm sure, by the fact that Mickey got a spot in the Royal Rumble. That now, actually, that's a good example of good cross promotion, as opposed to what happened last year with the, the forbidden, forbidden Door. Right now, and everyone should take note of this, by the way, because look, Mickey was in the Royal Rumble. She got she came down there to her to her own music. She wore the Impact Championship belt on the way to the ring. They announced it. They Commentary described her as the Impact Women's Champion. She got to get in the ring. She was in there for about I don't know, maybe ten minutes or so. She got, or you know, she got to interact with some people. She had a good showing, and in in, in the weeks leading up to it, also they mentioned, you know, her name was mentioned. Was, she was shown in captions. They mentioned her as the you know Impact Women's Champion. So they got more out of that in two or three weeks than the whole Forbidden Door thing last year. <laughs> And, you know, because that was that was just sad, really. Um, and I mean, because Tony Khan was coming on their, was running ads on their TV show, burying their company. And, you know, they had, you know, their champion getting pinned by Kenny Omega on one pay-per-view. And then he lost a title to him in another one. And when Kenny finally lost the title, he lost it to Christian, who was signed to AEW. Right, I mean, so that was the unmitigated disaster last year for them. And now we're getting back to the women's wrestling thing. They are definitely doing better. They're doing much better than last year. And I think Mickey James is a part big reason for that, having her there. But also, they have a lot. They have a lot of other good women wrestlers there. Uh, and so now, and uh, Tasha Steele just won the championship a few weeks ago. Is good. And they got a bunch of other good women wrestlers there. And Listen, I, I, I
1: love, I love this feud with Tasha and Mickey. And, and I love the fact that, you know, Mickey's kissing her on the lips. Tasha's sitting on Mickey. It sounds a little crass, but it's interesting. Just the fact that they're trying to degrade each other to a certain degree as they beat the hell out of each other. There's That's an added layer of something that we haven't normally seen um, yeah. from them lately. It's, it's, it's actually more classic TNA than it is Impact, but it's working, right?
0: Yeah. So... That's been, a. I mean, they've been, yeah, so they're definitely, as far as giving time and giving matches and stories and whatnot, they are definitely most improved from last year. Danny G,
1: what's your take on that? I mean, I, I'm not sure that you are always able to catch Impact Wrestling, but I know that you keep up online with some of the chatter. What's no, your take on the fact that Impact has been able right. to actually improve while AEW continues to be down in the dumps? Uh, same two things I said about AEW focus and talent.
2: <laughs> um, the, you know, honestly, as far as a, a roster, I, I've, to, I, have i have mentioned this to you before, Duke impact's got a really good women's roster. They, 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 and, and, you know, what history, you know, way back, they've always had a good women's roster. Um, Mickey James is, is it was a good way to, is a great way to, um, represent, you know, she did a good, she, she's a good champion. Uh you know I think that was a a great move by her going into the Royal Rumble. I don't think necessarily she wanted to do it. I think she knew it was a good idea and it was good for business, so she did it and like you said, Rob, it went really really well. Um for both sides, it made it made a company look good and it gave exposure to another company, which you know, that and that's how you're supposed to work together. I mean, they've got, you know, I love that they've allowed uh, Cassie and Jessica, uh, the inspiration to kind of be themselves, because uh, I think those two girls, um, maybe not be spectacular in the ring, but they're really, really good performers. Um, you know, they, they they know how to get the crowd into the match, and they do a nice job. Um, Impact's always had a really good representation of female wrestling, and it comes down to talent and focus. Uh, obviously, Scott Demore I think has given Mickey James some of the, the keys to the castle there, and allowing her to do some things that have gone really well. And I think she's done a nice job. Nice job doing it. So when you have that, when you allow talent to actually get on TV and do a nice job, it shows. And I mean, I, I, they, you know, I do catch Impact Wrestling. I won't lie; I don't watch it. You know beginning to end, but I, I definitely catch a good part of the show almost weekly. And, you know, I, I I really, there's a couple of women I really like right now. I really like that Lady Frost character. I think she's really good. And then there's like a Russian character and I don't know her name off top of my head, but I think she is really talented. And I think they've got, I think they've got a, they've got a good women's division. They do a nice job and they represent, they've represented very well.
1: Shout out to Impact Wrestling. I mean, again, it's difficult to bounce back when you have the people in charge of the day to day wrestling operations uh, allowing a whole different other company to come in and bury you. And shame on you, Scott D. Moore. You're, be- you're you're a complete embarrassment to the industry. Not to not to
2: interrupt you, Duke, but that never made sense to me. I I I I I, I that drove me nuts from day one. From day one, I remember.
1: Uh, I, I remember. I think. I, I think we talked about. I'm like, what is going on here? What oh, we was- you know what's going on. Somebody's on the take. Scott Diamora is trying to kill the town from the inside because his, his 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 buddies over there, his little drinking buddies like Jericho and and and, and the other uh, knucklehead that used to be his co VP. What the hell is his name? Oh, Cyrus my buddy the Virus. Uh, is it it my buddy call Don him? Callis. My buddy or Don, Don- Callis. You know these guys are on the take. And clearly they yeah, I think sort of honestly thing. Huh? What's that? Well, I, that
0: think, right? I think honestly that's that's way more Don Callis than Scott I think
1: But Scott didn't have to allow it to happen though. Well no, that, that, that's on him, that's that's
0: that's on him for that's on him for yeah, for allowing it to happen. But that uh Don Callis he's well he's not there anymore.
2: No, freaking Paul Heyman wannabe that's all he is. And a, and
1: a poor <laughs> man's Paul Heyman to oh, to, to boot, right? But oh, the, yeah, the, I, the I, thing that
0: these guys did
1: is that they they did exactly what cody and the young bucks did in 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 roh they did everything in their power to devalue the company to the point where the company is worth less (laughs) than what it was before they started their nonsense so here's what i here's what my point to that i think very much tony khan is is trying to buy impact wrestling and i think that he probably inquired and they probably you know the Fight Channel, the guys that own it, Anthem Sports, they probably said, listen, we'll sell it to you, sure. But this is what it's going to cost. And Tony was like, well, I'm not going to pay that much. So let's just devalue the friggin' thing to the point where you want to give it away to me. You know what I mean? And, and, and listen, it, it could have worked. But I think that there is enough value in Impact's library that somebody has enough sense to say, no, we're not getting, we're not going to unload this thing. We're making too much money to unload it. Because here here's the thing that people don't realize. Impact Wrestling has a worldwide footprint. And that's something that, that AEW does not have. AEW has not penetrated television around the world yet. Yes, they're on the web, but it's not like they're on TV stations like Impact Wrestling is. Well, that's what happens when you've been around for 20 years. You know what I mean? So people don't realize that the, the value of Impact, especially their tape library, is tremendous. And it's funny, and you can see it on their social media, Impact Wrestling will push their classic content more than they push their current content. They're the only wrestling company that's an active wrestling company I've ever seen do this, ever. Listen, folks, my friends over at Panera Bread, you know, they have that unlimited sip club. Check this out. Once every two hours, you can get an iced coffee, a hot coffee or a hot tea. And that's all for just $8.99 per month. It is wonderful. I love it. When I'm on the go, I know that if there's a Panera Bread nearby, I can stop and get myself something to drink. It's really fantastic. Okay, and right now they're running a special. Your first 3 months are free if you are a new subscriber. So they're giving you an opportunity to try it out. So what are you waiting for? Head over to panerabread.com or walk into your nearest Panera Bread and sign up for the Unlimited Sip Club. I'm telling you right now, it's fantastic. That's right. Now
0: let's get on with the show, baby. Oh, and they're very clever about it too. They're very um,
1: clever about it.
0: Like, that what, yeah, because yeah. um, uh, like if, if AJ Styles is about to wrestle on Raw, you'll see a t- uh, tweet from the Impact social media folks saying, like, "Hey, check out you know AJ Styles versus Bobby Roode from Slammiversary <laughs> or whatever." Right? <laughs> I mean, they're uh, they're very clever and very timely with that.
1: So if AJ Styles is doing something big in the WWE, they're going to play AJ Styles stuff. If Cody Rhodes is a hot topic, they're going to play more Cody Rhodes stuff. This is what, but here, but again, they're focusing on their their catalog more than they're focusing on their current stuff. So that also tells you that their current stuff, not only is it not really selling, but it's not even something that they believe in. It probably costs them money to focus more on the current stuff than it would to focus on the old stuff because the old stuff sells
0: what I see the most and hear the most from people when they come up as a subject is that people, people dig the women's division, what they're doing there, but it's the men's side. People, a lot of people don't really aren't feeling. And so when you're talking about stuff, that's not resonating. It's on for them. It's the men's side uh, because you hear, like you see, you see people say a lot of good things about the women's division all the time or pretty regularly. But when I hear people or see people talk about the men's side, um, Moose isn't particularly popular as a, a figure, and he's the world champion. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of people were not big on was it William Morris. It used to be a big cast you know, being a challenger for the title. Uh, the, yeah, a lot of just the, the men's side just gets a lot of not so good comments from what I see on people from people. So that you know that does hurt and. No matter, and look, the men's side still ultimately drives the train as far as whether a company, how well a company is doing. You know, it's it's kind of like the heavyweight division in boxing. You know, when the heavyweight division in boxing is really good, then all the boxing is thriving. Um, when the heavyweight division is not doing it very good, then, you know, you've got to have some really spectacular middleweight fighters or whatever to, to do any business. Good
1: point. Right? You, Impact will continue to do well as long as they continue to foster what they're fostering, but at the same time, maybe they do need to take a second look at the men that they're choosing to focus on. Um, these guys aren't it. I mean, that's no. clear that these guys aren't it. No, so, they're not, they're not. go back to the drawing board, fellas, because these guys, the women are great. These guys aren't it. Um, when it comes to WWE and the data that you've collected for WWE, do do me a favor. Do a rapid fire for me. What's okay. the rank in terms of who's featuring the most women's wrestling in 2022? So start from one and go down to three as far as the shows because we're talking, we're talking uh, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. What's the ranking for in, in terms of who's doing the best and who's doing the, the worst?
0: Yeah, NXT is doing the best in every, every way imaginable. they they got more matches. Uh, they got more women on the show. They got more matches per week. They got more women wrestling per week. Uh, they're on pace right now. Right now, they're on pace to have the most women's matches of all of these five shows in a year. Okay, and they're ahead of Monday Night Raw. Raw Monday Night Raw is three hour show, and right now NXT is a is going has a better pace of women's matches being featured than they do right now. Now, the one little kind of caveat I'll put there is that for the past month, they've been having that Women's Dusty Cup Tag Team Tournament. So that's like resulted in having like an extra match or two every week. So we need to see what they do now that that's over. But, you know, if they if they come close to maintaining the same kind of pace that they've been on, they'll be the best out of all of these shows as far as featuring women's wrestling. Out hey, of one Tony,
1: thing. Now no, let me let me stop you for one second. Hey, Tony Khan because I know that you listen to the show. The secret is out. Uh, you hate listening to the show, which is fine. Let that be a lesson to you. NXT features their women's tag team uh, uh, tournament on television. They don't stick it on a web show that
0: nobody watches. Okay, I'm sorry, Rob. Continue. Okay. So, but um, and the other thing is, all right, you know, the excuse of the you know women in AEW being green or whatever since the NXT 2.0 started, a lot of these NXT women are green. A lot of them. Okay, you got a few veterans. I mean, you got Io Shirai, and you got uh, Kaylee Ray is there now. You have maybe about six or seven, which you, I think you could call veteran women. But a lot of these NXT 2.0 women are, they're green also. and But they're getting them in there, and they're getting them their reps. I'd say their training program is definitely better than what they're doing in AEW. Um, And, you know, they also, they have that NXT level up show, the thing that used to be 205 Live. They, you know, they feature, they feature women over there. And they do, I'd say they, they do a good job of protecting the women who are more green. You know, I mean, outside of that one, like what, 10 second clip, that people were making fun of with Lash Legend, they've done a very good job of protecting her in the ring and not making her look bad. Um, I, mean that, I mean, that one clip went around and everybody and their brother was just like she was like a sloppy looking elbow drop, I think, and people made big hay out of that. But they do, they protect her in the ring very well. And the other girls there, they're like in their relative rookies, they do a much better job of protecting them, not making them look bad. Because you don't see the clips coming out every week from NXT that you do with some of the women's matches in AEW, <laughs> you don't. You don't see you don't see the the you know the the clips of all the kind of snafus and all of that stuff. But they have a lot of women who are every bit as green, okay. And but they they protect them better. They they keep the matches short when they need to. Uh, you know they put them in tag team matches, right? Uh, and that's what you. I mean. You know, when you got green people, that's what you need to do. You, you know, you, you don't leave you don't leave them you don't hang them out the dry in a ten minute singles match on television, right? Uh, which has happened a few times on Dynamite, right? Because, um, like you know, I think when we talk about Jade, they're doing her they've done her a really disservice. Um, they put her in some of those matches where she's been out there for you know eight minutes, ten minutes in a singles match, uh, which they should not be doing uh, they put her in situations where a lot of the girls that she's wrestling are every bit as green as she is which I mean it, it, for somebody who can be potentially as big a star she could be you know I mean you should be flying in veterans to work with her right and not having her you should not be having her wrestle girls that are every bit as green as she is uh, but they do a lot and then again, they 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 stuck her in the situations where, like that TBS title tournament, uh, they you know the final was against Ruby Soho, and that, that match went eleven minutes, and they the eleven minute singles match, and you know they did her a disservice by putting her in that kind of situation, right? But so NXT does not do that; uh, they protect the the girls who are greener and need you know just need more experience. They protect them. You know they they don't have the matches go too long. And they put them in tag team matches, you know, and some of them they still have just I mean, doing like vignettes and backstage stuff and whatnot. And um, they and look they they get a lot of women on the show like over they've had over twenty women different rep, women wrestle on NXT this year already. Okay, and that's not counting like. You know, enhancement talent. You know, people were just were flown in there to do a job, right? Um, over twenty.
1: Now compare that with with SmackDown for me, Rob. I mean, what, is SmackDown still doing the worst job out of the the three WWE shows?
0: Yeah, and it's funny because well, this year so far they've been it's been skewed, right? Uh, basically, it's, it's it's feast or famine there now. Like, let me give you an example. Um, let me just, yeah, all right, so. All right, the first show of the year. All right, January seventh. Uh, they had a Charlotte and Naomi had a good match in about twelve minutes. The week after that, they had a literal three second match between Natalia and Aaliyah. Literally three seconds, and that was the only match they had that week. Uh, and then, then the next week they had a couple of two minute matches. Then they had Naomi and Sonia Deville went eleven minutes, and that was a good match. Then they had an the next week, they had a two-minute match again. Then the week after that, they had the match, the title match between Charlotte and Naomi, and it went about 20 minutes, and it was really good. A lot of people praised it a lot, and it was in the main event slot that week. But then after that, you know, back to the two-minute, three-minute, two-minute, three-minute, and then last week they had a tag team match that went about 12 minutes. So it's um, it's feast or famine basically from week to week there. And they're notorious for these really short match times, you know, like under five minutes uh, and and sometimes like under four minutes under three minutes. so this I mean this year in particular it's been this year you either you go more than ten or you you go four minutes or less on Smackdown right There's just very little middle ground like last night was the first time they had a match that was about in the middle. They've been about eight minutes last night. Um, that was the first match that was kind of in, in between as far as time, but it's either feast or famine, you either, you, they either give you a good bit of time or you get nothing or almost nothing.
1: What, what about grade. raw, uh, Rob? Cause I, I guess they're in the middle still,
0: huh? Yeah, Now they've, they've taken a step back from last year cause like they're like, as far as like how many matches they're on pace to have and all of that. Um, they've taken a step back from last year. They've fallen into that trap of having a lot of short matches. Um, they've had a few that have gotten a good amount of time. And then they had the one gauntlet match the week of the Elimination Chamber. That went like 45 minutes. And that's one of those things where, you know, they they have a big event coming up where there's a match that's going to have a lot of women in it. So they do this thing to, you know, feature the women. They say, look at all the women we have, right? And then, so they had that match. It went 45 minutes and they had six different women in it, right? All the women who were in the elimination chamber were in the match, right? And then, but outside of stuff like that, I mean, they've had a few other matches that have gone more than 10 minutes, but there's a whole lot of two and a half minutes, minute and 15, two minutes and 45, two minutes and 20, three minutes and 50. So there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of short matches there still and there, there are way too many short matches and and then relative to what the men get also And this what well, is the other thing kind of the basis behind me starting all of this was that the men always get whatever match allocation they need, they get it right If they need if they need to ha- if they need to have a match to help move a storyline along, they get the match. Well, the the women don't, right. They, they occasionally get a thing where it's like, Oh, see, see, look what we did. We gave them, we, we gave them this match and we gave them a lot of time. And then, you know, before and after that happens, it's a lot of slim pickings. Whereas the men never, the men never seem to be wanting as far as time allocation. And even like the, even the women at the top of the roster, their time gets rationed, you know, uh, you know, Becky Lynch, they get her in and out in ten minutes. If she if she cuts a promo, then the promo might be five minutes. And if there isn't like some incident during the promo, you know, like somebody somebody interrupting her or a fight freaking out or something. If it's just her talking, you know, they get her in and out of there in five minutes, and you might not see her again the rest of the show. And you, you know, they you know
1: what that is? That's the elements of the old school WWE. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, so much change has happened in NXT, and yet. We're getting more of the same of the before times, the you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago with Raw and SmackDown. You know, guys like Johnny Ace, Bruce Pritchard, they're still in charge. You know, what's old is new again. And you're seeing it with the way that the women are being featured as of late. And it's crummy. I'm going to say that straight up. It's crummy, yeah. And listen, Bruce and I are on very good terms, so it's not like I'm trying to be derogatory about it. But Bruce, I'm disappointed in the way that you've been featuring women's wrestling since you've taken over these shows. It's ridiculous. You're going backwards and it doesn't have to be that way. You know, Danny, what's your what's your take on everything Rob just said about WWE and just what they're doing with women's wrestling right now?
2: I mean, I understand what you mean, like talking about like time and, you know, you know, squeezing a man, it kind of seems like and stuff like that. But. Um, I mean, there are more men on the roster than women in general. So there's yes. and there's only so much TV time that can go around. Yes. And they've, you know, they've got stockholders and they've are on a major network. So they do have to put out there what they feel is, is 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 gonna be necessary. I mean, with that being said, I could watch Sasha Banks all day long. Um I know Ronda Rousey gets a lot of like hate from like wrestling fans and stuff like that, but the bottom line is she's good. She's good at what she does, and, you know, she, she was a natural in there, and that's why she's being featured. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Sasha Banks fan. She's probably my favorite female talent ever. Um, I love – I could watch her matches all day long. I could watch Charlotte most of the time all day long. Uh, Becky Lynch, Bayley, Bianca. I, I like watching all of, all of them. They're all good, but, but the truth of the matter is people want to see Roman right now. People want to see Brock right now. Um, you know, Seth Rollins is, is, is really doing a nice job right now of, of reinventing himself. Um, you know, they're bringing in Stone Cold for WrestleMania. You know, people want to see that. Um, it's, it's nice to want to be able to have, you know, equality and have more time for the women. And, and I agree. I mean, they could do a better job, but ultimately uh, they're there to make money. So they're going to put out what people want to see right now. And um, honestly, like, I have no issue with Ronda Rousey getting getting time. I I, I, I have no issue at all. Um, she isn't the typical, like, part-timer. You know, when she was with WWE at her first run, she was on the road doing house shows. Yes. Um, unlike, unlike, you know, you get these part-timers, you know, that come back, like, you know, like Cena and Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. They ain't doing house shows. They're showing up for the big events, and and that's it. I mean, Brock's doing more now. Um, because I think he's finally having fun for the yeah. first time in his career. So, you know, I mean, I, I I think they do a pretty good job of featuring the women that they want to feature. You know, when I say that, I mean the Rondas and the Charlottes and the Beckys and, and, and Sasha. But like I compare with the men, not everybody's going to – there's only room for so much at the top of the card, you know? Right, that's and, true. And right now, Charlotte – Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Bianca. That's where it is. So they're going to feature them. Um, I know there's a lot of people that talk about what happened with Bianca and with Becky Lynch. And I was, first personally, I thought that was ridiculous. I, I agree with everybody on that. But I think what people are forgetting about is the story that they built up since SummerSlam for Bianca you know, having to be that underdog again, having to earn her place, having to not win the Royal Rumble again. Then she wins the Elimination Chamber, so now she gets a shot. She's going to beat Becky Lynch at at, at WrestleMania, and that's going to happen, and that's going to give her a second fantastic WrestleMania moment. Um, So not every woman is going to be able to get that, you know. um, You know, right now, I mean, I don't like the fact that Shasha Banks is in a tag team match. I don't like it. Well, what's what's selling right now is, you know, like I said, Charlotte, Becky, Bianca and Ronda. And, and and that's what they're going to put out. And they're, they're going to give those women the necessary time. And that that's just the way it's going to be right now. Um, after WrestleMania, I think things may be a whole different ballgame. I think you're going to see Oscar come back. You're going to see Bailey come back. Lacey Evans is still out there. Um, is Paige coming back? this women's roster could explode, you know, right after WrestleMania. So, you know, leading up to what they have for WrestleMania right now, maybe there hasn't necessarily been the time that some of these women deserve. But I I think it's early in the year, and I think um, they panicked having a two-night WrestleMania in such a huge stadium. So they're trying to put out there what they feel is going to fill that stadium right now. But we all know that the new, basically, fiscal year for WWE begins right after WrestleMania. It's the start of the new year. So maybe the numbers right now aren't that great. But with all these women coming back and, you know, if if, if they allow Bianca to be the star that she really is, um, you know, honestly, I, I, I think they should put the belt on Ronda and let her run with it for a little while because I think it'll gain them exposure. It'll gain them... Uh, it'll gain them eyes. She, like Brock Lesnar, she adds a legitimacy to the division because she's a she's a well known ass kicker. You know what I mean? I mean the, the only tough part about it is you know like if she's in these matches. She could if she really wanted to, she could break any of their arms at any time. Yeah. But she adds that element, and you know, I I, I think she, I, I don't think she bullies her way into things. I think she plays her role that she's asked to play, and I think she does a good job with it. So, I mean, personally, I think for 2022, you run with Bianca and Ronda to set up for, you know, a couple of nice runs. And I think that'll give the women's division a really nice bump up.
1: You know, great, great points there, Danny G. Uh, We disagree on a few of them, but isn't that the rub? You know what I mean? I I don't agree 100 percent with anybody. I don't even know if I agree 100 percent with myself half the time. (laughs) So, so, you know what I mean? So it is what it is. I'll just say this. I think that it's 2022, and Duke Loves Wrestling is a prime example of this. Um, we're we're coming up on the on the six year anniversary. About two and a half years ago, my audience became majority women, and it has consistently remained there. Majority women for because you're so handsome, too. Oh yeah, sure, <laughs> like, and everyone can see me talking right now, right? But but seriously, it's it's. Majority Women is my audience and it's a pro wrestling podcast. And I've done my research and reached out to people and done blind research on it as well and done targeted research. And what I've found is that my audience loves to hear conversation from real people about real people. And the pro wrestling stuff they can, you know, they can take it or leave it, but it's more about the fact that we're having intelligent conversation. And we're not insulting the intelligence of the listener. Um, But my point is this. As soon as I was able to show that my audience is majority women, now we have, you know, brands with some major name recognition, like a Panera Bread, being interested in Duke Loves Wrestling. So what that tells me on my very small scale, my one little podcast here, my, I, I'm not even a grain of sand on a beach. I'm a lot smaller than that. What that tells me here is that it's possible to cultivate, and to maintain, and to grow an audience that's more than just your typical key demo, as as folks in wrestling like to you know claim. But you're really just talking about a bunch of men, and 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 really mostly uh, average age, eighteen to what, uh, eighteen to to, to thirty four year old white men. Right, that's the key demo that everyone keeps talking about is coveted.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Okay, finish. I I was jumping. I was going to jump in with something. Go ahead and finish.
1: But yet, I'm able to maintain an audience that's completely not that at all, and yet the show is very successful. And that doesn't mean that I don't have men who listen. I mean, Jesus Christ, And, and clearly, I have plenty of great men who come on the show and contribute, like you guys. But the point is still a point. I think that. Part of the reason why this show has the audience that it has is because I feature so many women and I shut my mouth and let them talk and let them express who they are and what they do and, and, and prove that they're just as as understanding of this genre, pro wrestling and combat sports as we are. They show and they prove that they still have growing pains as far as the wrestlers are concerned, just like the, the male wrestlers do. These are real people with real stories. So I think for any wrestling company to not continue to pursue some type of increase in how how much women's content you're featuring and to delve deep into developing these characters and getting to the point where it comes damn close to as often as you feature the men or even getting a one-to-one, that should at least be the goal. And to take a step back from that at any point is just a disservice, in my opinion, because I don't think you're going to lose money. In fact, studies show you're you're going to gain money because you're putting more eyeballs on it that you weren't able to capture before. It it matters. It matters when people are able to turn on something and see and hear themselves in that something. So I'm going to keep beating that that um, that dish. Danny G, you're not wrong in what you're saying, though. It's a business. And if you're getting the money from who you're getting the money from, you may not want to take a step back in the short term. You may not want to risk that, especially when you're a public company. So you may want to give them more of what's making you the most money, like a Brock Lesnar, like a Roman Reigns. And they may have to take up more time, multiple segments. Those guys took up at least a third of SmackDown last night. And you know what do. I mean? Yeah. So so I understand that. But I also understand that if you were to invest more in Bianca Belair, you wouldn't have to worry about that. And you probably would gain more eyeballs and more money in the in the long term.
0: Uh, I'm sorry, Rob, please. On the issue of like time. Uh, the problem is when you get this abundance of two minute matches, because in two minutes you, you don't get time to really tell a story in the ring to really do much of anything. I mean, unless it's going to be like, now if it's a two-minute match and then there's like a run-in and somebody gets attacked and it's to further the storyline, that's different, right? But I'm talking about matches where the bell rings, they start, they do their stuff, and then after two and a half minutes, somebody gets pinned and the match is over. Okay. Um, that happens a lot on the, with the women. And and not that they don't have men's matches like that. They do. But just when you're looking at proportion and you know, and, and all uh, we just the proportion that happens with the women's side. Um, like you're not do you know, like it's, it, it's a two minute match doesn't really help anybody, right? Unless the again, unless there's a run in or some attack or something to further a storyline, but a match that just goes start to finish in two minutes and it's over. Um, that doesn't really give the people involved the time to really do anything to get themselves over to the audience um so that's a problem
1: yeah that's that's um, well stated rob that's well stated and i agree yeah. 100 it's not
0: but again like you because there's a there's a real like you can have a five minute match and do all of that stuff and get and you can get everything you need in a five minute match the match doesn't have to go 20 minutes right but you know a two minute match doesn't help anybody no, it doesn't.
1: Uh, it, it's a, it's a right. disservice to everybody involved, and it really is a slap in the face because especially when you have these long segments of talking, they got to open the show with a 10, 15-minute promo. They got to have another 10, 15-minute promo in the middle. Then they got to do something towards the – it's like, give me a break. We don't need to do that. That formula <laughs> is terrible. Listen, fellas, we could we could spend all day hammering this, and, and that's the beauty yeah. of um, – conversations like this because at the end of the day we are passionate fans but we are are also professionals and people who care enough to not just rest on our opinions we seek out the facts in order to challenge our opinions and in order to you know see where the truth lies just because I feel a certain way that doesn't mean that things are actually that way so it's always important to continue to seek out the facts make sure that you're respecting yourself and your argument um, and the industry enough to check yourself is what I believe I'm, I'm interpreting is that actually what's going on. So, and certainly when Rob, when you come around with the facts, you, you certainly put us in a position where it's like, we're making sure that we're checking ourselves and it's good stuff. So let me start with, uh, with you, Danny G what's the best place people can keep up with you if they want to see your opinions, especially with WrestleMania coming up, you know, there's going to be a lot of events. I know you're going to be live tweeting. What's the best way to keep up with Danny G.
2: Uh, probably on Twitter. Um, I'm at wicked smart um, with the Boston accent. Um, you can find me there. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm on Instagram at Daniel F and If you want to, if you want to, you want to find me there. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I get a little bit here and there. Ryback actually blocked me today. So that was pretty cool. Um, and, and, and stuff. So, you know, I just I like the conversation. I'm not afraid of anybody. Um, I'm not going to block you because you don't like what I said. Um, it's just it's it, it it is what it is. And, uh, you know, before we go, Duke, uh, I just want to give a quick uh, shout out to Triple H. Um, whether people agree or disagree or whatever with him on what he's done or whatever. He was a huge part of wrestling, probably when, you know, wrestling really started to boom, you know, the whole attitude era, etc., and, you know, he's also a big part of, of a lot of these wrestlers' lives that are out there now, you know, with, with what he did with NXT. And I know that wasn't everybody's cup of tea, but um, I liked it. And I thought he did a really good job with it. And, you know, I, I remember back in 1994, I was at a, a, a wrestling show at Bellingham High School in Massachusetts. And a guy named Terror Rising came oh, out. Oh, yeah. Right? And that guy, I looked at my friend and I said, this guy's going to be good. And that that terrorizing became Triple H. And he worked his way through WCW. He came into WWE, and, you know, he got to the top. And, you know, I don't know him personally. Um, I don't know, you know, much about him besides what you see in the ring. But he seems like a pretty good guy, and I just want to wish him well in his retirement. It's too bad it had to end the way it did. But – um you know, I hope he's around for a while in some way, shape, or form because I, I definitely think he contributed. He left wrestling better than than, he, than it was when he came. You know, I just want to get
1: that off my chest. Well said, well said. What about you, Rob the Genius? What's the best way people can keep up with you and what you have going on?
0: Okay, well, I'm on Twitter at rbonne one, and it's and my new I changed my Twitter you know tagline to Rob the Genius because since, since it fits with everything else I'm doing. Um, you can also I have a website where I write opinion pieces basically and review shows and things of that nature. Uh, it's called Rob's genius dot com. And those are the best ways to see what I'm doing. I'm also uh, part of the mindless wrestling podcast. Uh, we usually record on Wednesday nights and we re- we're usually got new episodes up on Thursday. And if you're curious as to where the whole genius things comes from. Um, It's not because I think I'm such a smart person, actually. (laughs) Um, It's because, look, when I was in college, I was a big Wu Tang fan clan, and my favorite member of a Wu Tang clan was the Jizza, the genius. That's where it came from.
1: Take it away, Tony Schiavone. (laughs) This
2: is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.